This is Random Discourse, the podcast. All right, welcome everybody. Um, it's Random Discourse podcast. We're here. I'm here with Carlos. What's going on, Carlos? What's going on, man? Everything's good. How you doing? I'm doing well, man. Thank you for asking. I'm and also, we got Brian with us. How you been, Brian? How's it going, my man? I'm, I'm well, man. I'm well. It's time we talk some NFL. And we might as well get right into it. Carlos, how do you feel about the 49ers, man? The defense is an absolute mess. We, I, 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 I could have swore we had the worst pass defense in the NFL, but we do not. And I'll tell you who does later. <laughs> oh, man. Well, you're going to have to help me with that. Um... The, the, the last two games combined, final scores, the opponents 90, the 49ers 25. Uh, I'm not big on college football, but us giving up 45 points a game over the last two um, is terrible. And and it's, it's definitely, we knew it would be a tough season, but we didn't know how tough it would be. I know myself as a 49ers fan, I still held a little bit of hope inside that, you know, that Kaepernick and we still had some pretty good players and, and we can be decent this year, eight and eight. No, it's a disaster. It's every everything that we thought could go wrong has, um, including Colin Kaepernick. Yeah, he was pretty decent the first two games, but it's it's right back to the same thing with him, where his ceiling is extremely high, but his basement is like the lowest base. It's 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 the highs and the lows with with Colin Kaepernick. Um, I don't, I don't trust Jim Tom, Jim Tom Sula. He's never even been a coordinator, man. He gets outcoached every game. Um, I, I believe he's the lowest head coach in the league, and, and this is what I'm getting to. And this all points up to the top of the organization and, and Jed York and Trent Baalke, man. Um, to get rid of a coach like Jim Harbaugh, I don't want to say he's a once in a generation head coach, but he's definitely once every decade or two, man. We, we had a top five head coach in the NFL. He took teams, a six and 10 Mike Singletary team, and basically overnight made them 13 and three the next year. We were in the NFC championship game and I'm depressed, man. I'm sad. I, I don't really want to talk about the 49ers, man. I've lost all hope. I, I'm searching for. I, I'm almost searching for a new team because I'm so upset with our owner, man. I can't wait till the fans turn on him. I, I hear people talking about Blaine Gabbard. Nobody's gonna answer. turn on him. All right, man. Hey, you know what? I, I can tell you, you, you hurt. Right? It's too much. It's too much. Man. <laughs> I, I can it's tell too, you hurt. You hurt. What people are asking is Blaine Gabbard the answer. All hope stop is it. Lost, okay, man. stop it. Stop lost, it. Man. Stop it. I will tell you, there's a reason Jim Thomas Hula only became the highest level of head coaching he had was in NFL Europe, and he didn't have much success there. Um, And it's a good thing Cap can be cut this offseason. We could just start from the beginning, man. I think that's what we really need to do. Just suck it up because we're not going to be that good. We already have a good running back. We still have some pieces on on that team. We just need – to you know, overhaul a little bit our whole coaching staff. Just they should just start from the beginning. I, but who knows what will happen? I hope that I know they're getting rid of Kaepernick though, and that's a good thing. Free Elsa Kaepernick. They need to get they need to get rid of everybody. But I don't trust in this organization to build up another Super Bowl contender, man. I think Harbaugh fell in. You know the what? It, it, um, it'll be all right. It, let's just let it play out. We'll see. Let's let it play out. We'll see. Brian. The Raiders are worse than we are right now. Are better than us. We're worse than the Raiders right now. Yes, That's all I, I have to say. I agree. I, I, I actually want to talk about these Raiders, man. They have a lot of offensive potential, don't they? I think that you actually lead right into what my um, my comment was going to be. I, uh, I think the Oakland Raiders are, for the first time, and I'd say maybe a decade, the best team in the state of California. And I don't think it's a reach to say that. I mean, you look at Derek Carr, he's homegrown talent. Um, you look at the defense, they're playing really well. Amari Cooper, um, a lot of times it takes those rookies a little while to actually um, get, get their footing and start to make plays. But he started making plays immediately upon getting into the league. Um, I think this Oakland Raider team can win eight games, believe it or not. And I think they're one one season away from maybe contending uh, for the playoffs. So it's pretty interesting to see that turnaround with San Francisco being at the bottom of the California totem pole and for uh, Oakland to be at the top now in the state of California. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I know it's forecasting a bit, but I could see the 
Oakland Raiders make the playoffs next year yeah. with a good draft, a good defensive draft, with the the pieces they already have on offense. I can see that happening. But um, what's up with Dallas? They they I, they had no reason to lose that last game. Yeah, I think you look at the Cowboys. Um, when you're able to run the ball that well, it, it's always disappointing to uh, to lose the game, especially when you have a lead early in the game. So, um, I think what you saw there is the lack of ability for uh, for Colin for Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> the, <laughs> <laughs> I, I I try I try my best. I try. <laughs> you're killing me. <laughs> I think there was a, um, a a little bit of a lack of ability for uh, Brandon Whedon to bring them back. You kind of saw as the game went on, uh, they jumped out to that lead, um, and it seemed like they were going to be able to knock the Falcons off. But in those situations, you've got to have a quarterback to sustain that lead. And then if you get down in the fourth quarter, you got to have a quarterback that can bring you back. And I think that that fourth quarter really showed why they're missing um, Tony Romo. And one last thing on Dallas, Terrence Williams, you got to show up. With Des Bryant out, it's your opportunity to be the number one man uh, to go catchless in a game like that where they were, where they had a chance to come back in the fourth quarter. Unacceptable for our number one wide receiver. Um, did, did you say Brett? Go, go ahead, Carlos. Brandon, I'm sorry. Did you say Brandon Whedon and lack of ability? That you should have stopped right there. <laughs> I don't know why I picked Dallas last week when I did. They were 21 0, game in the bag, and then yep. Brandon Whedon remembered that he was Brandon Whedon. And, <laughs> and, and Atlanta started putting up points, and they couldn't keep up. Um, I was surprised that, uh, you know, a team with so much fight in them that find ways to win found another way, you know, found a way to lose, man. 21 0. You, they should have pulled that game out. I picked them. I thought they would be able to run the ball on Atlanta. They did everything I thought they could offensively. And then once, you know, Matt Ryan, remember, he had Julio Jones, the game was up. Oh, I, I think um, – oh, I, I feel like I got an echo right now. Come on, man. Uh, I think that the uh, Dallas Cowboys did, did themselves a disservice during that game. Um, they went away from the run, the, the running game in the second half, and that's what got them that lead. Atlanta, we, we have to remember, is still trying to find themselves and get better on defense. I don't want to say find themselves. They have an identity with Dan Quinn. They want to be an attacking defense, but they don't have the pieces in place yet to, to, to continue to run that style. I mean, there's a reason that their, their defense is giving up so many yards, and I think teams – have yet to realize that because I don't think it in Atlanta is going to continue to be as good as they are. Granted, they have the best wide receiver in the NFL currently in Julio Jones, and that's making a, a humongous difference. But I, I do think that's part of the reason why Atlanta was able to come back because that, that Dallas offensive line only gave up two sacks for 12. Yep. So, I mean, they did their job. And I bet those two sacks were on Brandon Whedon if you go back and watch the film. <laughs> right, probably. And, but the stats do say that so far early in the season, Atlanta actually has the best pass blocking in the NFL. So they're protected from Matt Ryan. When you have a quarterback and a quarterback wide receiver tandem as deadly as those two, if you can get them some time, it's only a matter of time before, you know, they start connecting downfield. So. That's, That's true, and it didn't help that Devontae Freeman went off uh, 141 yards and three touchdowns and added five uh, five catches on five targets for another 52. Um, let's see. Oh, I, I don't know if we should if this is even newsworthy or we should I should even say anything, but I, it just caught my eye. You know, before we got ready to record, for somebody somewhere, compare Aaron Rodgers to Michael Jordan in their in their respective sports. <laughs> Did you see that, Carlos? I, it was, I saw something about it. Yeah, I, I don't really want to waste any time on that. But what do you? Is that true? I don't think it is. Yeah, I think that I think that's a bad comparison. I mean, I don't think anybody in any sport has really lived up to Michael Jackson or Michael Jackson. <laughs> Michael Jackson as well, but to, uh, to Michael Jordan's uh, ability, the way he hey. dominated that game from you know 1988 through like mid 90s. Um, but what I will say about
Oh, he froze. Made sense. You know what? Um, let's give him a chance. Okay, no. Uh, let mm-hmm. me play devil's advocate here, man. Just to play devil's advocate. He is the best quarterback in the league. Has one Super Bowl under his belt. Um, why doesn't he have a chance to be the greatest? I mean, when you say Michael Jordan, meaning you're the greatest in your in your that the greatest quarterback. Okay, tell me this, Carlos. Right? Wouldn't a better if you want to make that comparison? Wouldn't a better comparison probably be like LeBron James? Because think about it, he hasn't done enough to to be considered one of the the greatest of all times. Because that's what Michael Jordan is in the NBA, and Aaron Rodgers hadn't, you know. But does but I think what they're saying is he has the chance. Well, we we all we. I don't think LeBron James. We, we has all, the you don't think LeBron James has the chance to be the greatest? Come on now, now the, the man does have a chance. I think. I think he really joins that discussion if he gets uh, Cleveland to the championship, but that's different. That's a different topic. That, that's different, but he has zero chance. But yeah, it is different. But he. he has but zero I mean, chance. that's who, that's who Aaron Rodgers is. Aaron Rodgers hasn't accomplished as much as Tom Brady. Um, I think he's on the same level as a Peyton Manning because Peyton Manning has only one Super Bowl, and Aaron Rodgers has done kind of the that, same that, thing. As Peyton and you gonna get me started? You gonna get me started? <laughs> He has not done it at, at the same consistency, but he, he the way their career paths are about the same right now. Minus that's all I'm saying. I'm not saying you know his his career is going to end up being Peyton Manning s, but it started out that way. That he has a championship, and Peyton has one, and they're always winning their respective divisions. The one thing I do want to point out about Aaron Rodgers, I don't know when when y'all lost me last time, but the thing that I'm seeing from him is that pre snap. In the history of the NFL, Tom Brady and Peyton Manning on a level of their own with the pre-snap reads and identifying where the weaknesses are, identifying where the um, where the mismatches are, and then taking advantage of that. And what I've seen from Aaron Rodgers over the past season and a half, he's there now. He's on their level doing that, and he has better legs and better ability to make plays out of the pocket as those two. So um, watching what Aaron Rodgers has done over the past season and a half, I think he's put himself on that pedestal along with the top two or three quarterbacks in the league right now. And if he does this for another five or six years, you can talk about him as a top five all time. I, I agree. I mean, he's only, what, 30, yeah, 31? About, about 30, 31, yeah. You know, he's he's got a, a beautiful girlfriend in Olivia Munn. <laughs> <laughs> so he's winning in life right now. And he's the best quarterback in the NFL currently. I mean, there's no – I mean, there's some argument, but I think right now he's the best quarterback in the NFL. And I do agree. His his pre-snap reads are like Peyton Manning as Tom Brady as in their prime. And he is in his prime. And he you see they're doing it. Peyton Manning's doing it till he's 40. Why can't Aaron Rodgers do it? Who's the same by the time if he's able to do that by the time he does that? It will be uh he, he could reach that point where he could be considered the greatest so of all time. So I I I I understand where they're going, but I'm not sure if you heard. I made the comparison that he could be that at, if you're going to make the basketball comparison, Aaron Rodgers is LeBron James right now. I like that comparison. I mean, the, the currently the best right now has mm-hmm. one, or two, one or two titles and has potential to rise that list to be the, the best or maybe the second best of all time. Yep. All right. So we might as well talk about this week's games coming up. Um just so everybody knows if, if you want to pay attention, if you don't want to pay attention, or if you want to find at a certain spot. We got the Ravens, Steelers, Giants, Bills, Cowboys, Saints, Vikings, and the Broncos, and Chiefs, and Bengals. You know what? Usually we have them ranked best game to worst game or whatever, one through five. I don't I don't I don't think we should do that today. I just want uh I'm gonna let Brian lead off in the game that I would say he's most interested in watching out of those. So I'd say the one that I'm actually the most interested in watching is um, I'd have to go with the Chiefs and Bengals. And and, uh, part of that is I do live in the city of Cincinnati, so maybe I'm a little bit of a homer. But um, I do want to see Andy Dalton and the Cincinnati Bengal offense against what many consider to be a higher level defense. Now, I would have called the Chiefs defense elite when the season started, but they're actually giving up 30 points per game. That being said, they do have some elite talent in the secondary at all levels, secondary, front seven. Um, so to see Andy Dalton compete against a defense of that caliber and to see if he's able to, to grind out a win against what some people think could still be a playoff team in, in, the, in the Chiefs, 
I think it's a good test for him this early in the season. So I really want to see what that matchup looks like. I mean, Andy Dalton, last time he played the Chiefs, they won 28-6. to And that was at Kansas City. Mm-hmm. So I don't think he's worried about playing the Chiefs, honestly, at at his home field. Um, I, I, I'm still not sold on Andy Dalton. Um, well, what what else do you need to see? What else I, I'm not playing? sold on. I told you what's going to sell me on him. Y'all keep trying to you know rush me into being sold on this dude, but you Did know you what? See, he was down in the fourth quarter. Did you see that strike in the scene? He threw against too high coverage with the robber coming across the middle. He put it right between the safety and the trailing corner, right in AJ Green's arms. That was the best throw I saw all day, including Brady and Manning. You know what? That that. That I will give him that. That was a phenomenal throw. But until you can do that same thing in the playoffs, which he hasn't been able to do, then don't talk to me. All right. <laughs> but why? He's such a young guy. How many seasons in the – why are we so difficult on the great Andy Dalton, man? He's, he, I'm, he's, difficult, I'm difficult on any young quarterback like that, man. I mean, if you think about it, okay, let's compare him to, say, Colin Kaepernick. Early in his career, Colin Kaepernick got by because his teams made it to the NFC Championship and Super Bowl. So you're not going to nitpick him as bad as you nitpick Andy Dalton, where he had, you know he has a talented team, and they get to the first round of the playoffs, and they fail. I mean, that's very fair. Because it, it, Colin Kaepernick, as a quarterback, he, I mean, they essentially for that season reached their potential. I mean, no, I, I, so that, that's him, why there's, there's, there's being fair and then there's calling him trash ginger or <laughs> the trash rocket or whatever it is. You know, like he, right now he's trash ginger in the playoffs. Regular season is oh. pretty good. Pretty good. Not not great. He's okay. He's on his way to leading Cincinnati. I mean, this dude, but this is, a, this is the same dude that's thrown 13 interceptions, 16 interceptions, 20 interceptions, 17 interceptions in his career. That's his whole you career. Could, you could say the same thing about Andrew Luck. But I you know what? On this, on this, pro, on this Barry, program, hate on Andrew Luck this. at all. Andrew Luck is a way better quarterback than Andy Dalton. But we're being fair, aren't we? Who has the most turnovers in the NFL from the quarterback position? Andrew Luck. Last season. Andrew Luck. But we're being fair, aren't we? But I mean, Andrew Luck has gotten his team to where they need to be. Andy Dalton has not. Where, where has he gotten them? Who, the, the, to the playoffs. That The Colts team is trash, man. They are absolute trash. <laughs> and the only reason they win is because of Andrew Luck. I will say this. I will say, although I'm not going to be as hard on on Andy Dalton, I think he is a, a, a great quarterback in the making. I will say that this year the expectations do have to rise a level. I don't want to judge him only based on the playoffs, but he does have a, a great team around him. If A.J. Green, Gio Bernard, Jeremy Hill, Tyler Eifert, if that whole crew is healthy come January, he needs to at least win one playoff game. Right now, I have them winning AFC North, getting that first round by along with uh, along with New England, and I would see no reason why the Bengals can't be playing New England in the AFC Championship. But if he goes out in the first round again this year, then I I may I'm not going to call him trash ginger, but I may start to doubt his playoff ability a little bit. But I'm going to give him one more season before I start doing that. Man, listen, if you can love Tony Romo and call him a top five, <laughs> don't tell me after Andy Dalton. Fails to reach out of the first round that you're gonna turn on Andy Dawn. You should have turned it on turned on Romo years ago. That's what we're talking about. That's a good point. That's a good point. You know what? I grew I grew into liking Tony Romo. I mean, I wasn't a Tony a staunch Tony Romo supporter when he was losing. I, I I was one to say that you know what he was trash. He couldn't get his team where they needed to be as a quarterback, and that's on him. And that's all I'm saying about Andy Dalton right now. If Andy Dalton turns around and he takes his team, you know, and they reach the AFC Championship game and they lose to Tom Brady, I will be okay with that. And you know what? I wouldn't call him trash because he's starting to do what he's supposed to do as a quarterback. When you have that talented of a team, those are the type of games you need to be playing in the playoffs, not losing in the first round when you have a bye. Like like your man Anton just said, you have you have a track record of being impatient with young quarterbacks, and that's your problem, sir. But um, Andy Dalton, you know what? I would have you this. Man. I would have signed him to an extension. I w- I'm not saying I wouldn't have signed him to an extension if I was a GM. I would have signed him to an extension because 
good young quarterbacks don't come along often. I'm just saying right now, he, he, he's he's I, I I see better more potential with that team, and the reason they haven't reached is because of Andy Dalton. I mean, there's injuries that happen, but Andy Dalton's play has been subpar. I, that, I, I get that. I get that. I agree. I agree. I don't think he's ever going to be a top five quarterback in the league, like Brian might. But um, <laughs> I, I think he, he's above average. I'd take him over Kaepernick. All right. Okay. So, Ravens Steelers. Why are we so interested in the Ravens, man? Is it because they're in the AFC North, and we know the teams in the AFC North are known to start out very slow and still make runs in the play at the, at the end of season and finish like nine and seven, make the playoffs, and then win Super Bowls. I think it's just so shocking when you see teams that have been so dominant over the past decade struggle. I think we we fell into that category a year ago when the Patriots started 2-2 two and two and got thrashed by the Chiefs. We were all worried, like, what is this the end of the dynasty that the Patriots had? I think the same thing has happened with the Ravens. I'm not going to say they've had a dynasty, but they've been a 9-10 win ball club for about 10 years straight with only maybe one bad year. To see them start off 0-3 is shocking. And then, like you said, it's also going to be interesting to see can they pull themselves out of that hole with Roethlisberger being hurt, with the Browns not having a quarterback situation figured out, will will they be the team that gets up, gets back up off the mat and challenges the Bengals in the AFC North? I think it's an interesting storyline. I, I, it is an interesting storyline, but also just this. If you, you want to think about this week, it is it, it sucks that Big Ben got hurt. I mean, that yep. offense was was moving. They were they were putting up points and they were making football look fun the way the way. Mm-hmm. They, they were throwing that ball around. In, in a Michael Vick, who throughout his career, I think I, prior to the season prior, he was getting he got locked up. That was his best year. Um, he's been a walking turnover machine, man. And mm-hmm. that, I don't think that's going to be good with this Steelers offense. The, the offense was actually helping this young defense be able to come along slowly because they know – that they were going to be able to put up points. And I don't think that's going to happen right now. Yeah, Michael Vick's worst uh, enemy is his own ability. His ability to extend plays and get outside the pocket and make guys miss in the pocket ends up giving him a couple extra seconds, but then he he tends to make a bad decision with that extra time. I say 40 or 50% of the time. It happened as soon as he came in in the, in the game against the Rams. He's back in the pocket, stayed back there too long, had a fumble in his own territory. If he can just learn that at this age, at age 35, he's no longer that young athlete that needs to run for 100 yards, make all those crazy highlight plays, he's a backup quarterback. And if he wants to keep this position and keep his team in contention in the AFC North, be a game manager. I know he'll hate to hear that if the coach tells him, but just get the ball to Le'Veon Bell. Get the ball to Antonio Brown. Get the ball to Heath Miller. Get the ball out of your hands and let those guys make the plays. You don't have to be that playmaker this late stage in your life or career. You know what? I can see him having a resurgence with this team, similar to Randall Randall Cunningham did when he yeah. had uh, Randy Moss. Um, I hope so. Yeah, it would be great to see because he still has a ton of athleticism, mm-hmm. uh, just as a player. And I, honestly, think back throughout Michael Vick's career: has he ever had this much talent around him as a quarterback? A good I, I point. I don't think he has. So it's it's going to be very interesting to see what he can do. Granted, he is later in his life, but he can still run. It's just a matter if he learns if he's ever learned how to slide. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think that they'll be fun to watch. I but I'm honestly when I watch the Steelers team, I'm more interested in watching their young defense, man. Yeah. Anton, I know you're 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 listening. You called in on Bud Dupree, so I'll give you that one. You said you like that kid out in Kentucky, and he's actually performing very well right now, and he's giving them that needed pass rush. I think he's taking the pressure off of Jay, uh, Jarvis Jones. What do you think, Brian? Yeah, and I think that along with, I mean, getting uh, getting Ryan Shazier, I think he's pro- maybe questionable now, so when they get him back, that young defense, and especially that front seven, with the playmakers that have the guys that have the ability to play both edge rusher and play a little bit outside linebacker, I think they could be special. They can kind of re rehash the those early two thousand mid two thousand Steelers defenses that that had the talent under Bill Cowher. I think they can resemble that 
if they get healthy. Um, the only question I have about them is that secondary. I mean, they lost a lot of veterans over the past couple of years. I kind of wonder if they're going to be able to cover uh, some of the some of the elite talent. Um, then that, now they'll only have to worry about Steve Smith this week. But as they get deeper into their season, there's going to be some elite talented receivers that they play, and I'm wondering if that can hold up, um, considering they're they're kind of young and and not not as speedy and quick as they have been in the past. Well, I will say, I will say this. Um, in the past, the Steelers secondary has not been as good as people would like to see. Like they had, uh, I mean, we're, until unless we're talking like Rod Woodson, because they, they haven't had a standout corner cornerback. What's made them and people forget that they had they've had subpar cornerbacks. And, and, and let me not forget Troy Polamalu, who was out there making plays for them in the secondary, but. They haven't had, you know, a, a group of people like say similar to what Seattle has had in their secondary. It's it's it was Dick LeBeau and you know that defensive schemes and pass and that pass rush that made them look better than what you know, which will make any cornerback look better than what they are. Carlos, welcome back. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, um, so I guess we're talking about Michael Vick right now. No, nah, we're not talking about Michael Vick. I just we just mentioned it. We already we we, we went past that. I'm sorry, you're gonna, you gonna we missed That's Ravens Steelers. Right. So, give me what game? What game were you looking for? I, I know we already talked Chiefs Bengals, and we didn't even talk about the Chiefs, which is we we, we got on a red rocket tangent. <laughs> but that, that is what it is, and we just talked Ravens Steelers. What you who, who you got? We got Giants Bills Cowboys Saints Vikings Broncos. Which one of those are tantalizing for you? Giants Bills, man. Um, to me, the Giants are still very much alive in that division. Um, and of course, the Bills outside of that blowout with New England, which, you know, everyone's getting blown out against New England. Uh, I still think they're they're a playoff team. I think these are two possible playoff teams going at it. Um, I, I want to see the Bills and, and, and Terod Taylor, a tough matchup, but they're at home. I want to see how they react, how they come out and play. I want to see, so I'm I'm interested a little bit in that Giants Bills matchup. I I actually really wanted to see Ravens Steelers and how you know the Steelers going to react, but I know we moved on from that. But yeah, another game that I brought up yesterday in in our pregame, I guess meeting was was Giants Bills. Okay, I mean, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the who I'm gonna tell you who has the worst pass defense in the NFL, the New York Giants do, <laughs> and you know who has. The second worst pass defense in the NFL, the Buffalo Bills. So, if we're we're comparing quarterbacks now, because the, the, apparently the ball is going to be put in the air, it, the Bills are, should try to take the air out of the ball and run Shady. It's Shady McCoy, you know, maybe about thirty times this game. So Eli <coughs> doesn't have the chance to throw to Odell Beckham, uh, Ruben Randall, and. Give Larry Donnell a couple of chances to drop some easy passes. <laughs> um, this, 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 there's a potential for a lot of points to be put up in this game. A whole lot of potential. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see who decides to to change their identity for this game to try to maybe have a little bit more ball control, keep their defense off the field. Um and, and that'll all be dictated by who runs the ball better. I think both teams have the ability to run the ball. Um, but when I look at the Giants rushing stats in, in three games, there's no running back that has a total of 100 yards for the whole season, which is terrible in this day and time in the NFL. And then um, when I look at the Buffalo Bills, they've been able to run the ball well. But I think sometimes they get caught up in the mentality of, well, the other team's throwing the ball a lot. Let us throw the ball a lot, too, which has worked two out of the three games they played. Obviously not against the Patriots, but... I like what the, what the Bills have at running back and offensive line. Obviously, Shady McCoy and Carlos Williams, a young rookie out of uh, Florida State, mm-hmm. went for 110 last week. I think he has the ability to pound it between the tackles. Um, so I'd like to see one of these two teams decide, hey, we're going to slow the game down, run the football, let our defense rest so that when they, when they do go back on the field, they're able to defend the fast a little bit better. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, Carlos Williams, I always said, was a better build for, to be in the, the NFL than he was at Florida State because he's a one-cut mm-hmm. running back. When he hits that hole and he accelerates, yeah. oh, man. It's kind of like uh, Matt Jones with the Washington Redskins. Uh, Carlos, what you think about this matchup, man? I know you said you're interested in seeing the uh, the top, 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 top,
I know these defenses, they both are. But you know the funny thing about it is they're so bad at the pass, but they're first and second in rush rush defense. Mm-hmm. And so it's just a tale of uh, defenses on that. Yeah, and, and there might not be a Shady McCoy on Sunday. I mean, I know that they're, they're limiting him in practice. You might get a lot of, of Carlos <laughs> of Williams. Carlo, of Carlos Williams um on sunday so that's something to look out for man but i expect a lot of points i expect an exciting game uh and maybe well we won't forecast too much but i expect the exciting game a lot of points man it's going to come down to quarterback play on sunday okay so the cowboys and bills i mean saints i'm sorry i said bills i mean cowboys and saints we got the cowboys who of course we are already know are trying to rely on Brandon Wheaton. Do you think there's a chance because they weren't able to throw the ball that Matt Castle gets a look this game against the Saints? I don't think they'll be that drastic too quickly because even even in the loss, Brandon Wheaton, now granted he wasn't chucking it down the field that much, but he still had a fairly efficient game. Um, and yeah, I think he only had about five or six incompletions. He, he played decently. Uh, he, he tried to play that game manager role. He's just not dynamic enough to bring a team back. I don't think Jason Garrett is Jason Garrett is a snap judgment type coach. I think he likes to stick to the process. So I expect Brandon Wheaton to get all the snaps on Sunday. Um, the question for me will be, does Drew Brees play or does he not play? Um, and then how desperate are the Saints? The Saints, if you look at that division, 3-0 Falcons, 3-0 Panthers. If the Saints lose on Sunday, season's done for them. I don't care what anybody says. Their season's over if they go to 0-4. So how desperate is that team, particularly – Drew Brees, and especially that defense on Sunday to try to get the win against the backup quarterback with Dallas. How desperate can they play? I, I, you know what? I, I I agree. But I don't think the Saints should be as desperate because the shoulder injuries aren't anything to mess with, man, especially as you get older in age. You know how many old people I talk about here complaining about their shoulders and having, <laughs> and having to have surgery on it? So if he doesn't have to have surgery and he, they just need to let it heal, then so be it. If, if he has to sit out an extended amount of time, so be it. I mean, you have a young team. It's not like, you know, you're you're relying on aging veterans, so Drew Brees needs to get out. Out there to perform. That's not what Brandon Cooks and uh, the Coleman kid come, coming in. Uh, I, they just need to run the ball, let the McCown boys throw to these young receivers make, and, and just allow that young talent to gain experience. So when Drew comes back, they were all prepared to win. I, but I don't know. I could be wrong. What do you think, Carlos? Well, especially you got to remember Drew Brees has a has a history with that shoulder um, late in San Diego right before he got to New Orleans. Um, and there's all these reports that, that keep coming out. Is his, is his rotator cuff, is it torn? Is it not torn? There's different things coming out of New Orleans. Um, it's, they're already 0-3, man. Um, I, I would just rest Drew Brees, man. I, I would rest Drew Brees. I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't throw him out there, man. I don't think they're going to the playoffs this season. The season's on the line on, uh, this Sunday. So I think if Drew Brees has any chance to play, he will play. Um, they haven't said whether he's going to play or not. I, I think he's going to suit up on Sunday, and they're going to try to get this first win of the year, but it, it's, it's not looking good in New Orleans right now. I don't trust any of those young receivers. He doesn't have enough weapons. I, I expected a different outcome for the Saints before the season started, but the yeah, way it's yeah. looking the first three weeks, man, it's looking like it's going to be his rebuilding time in New Orleans. I mean, and that that's okay. I mean, sometimes it happens. Like, they can just say Drew Brees got hurt, and so this is what we had to do. I mean, it, but, you, they have a built-in excuse. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, and one more thing, really quickly, man. I remember when it was tough to go into the Superdome and, and get a win just a few years ago. I think. They- I mean, it, it 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 is tough to 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 go into the Superdome and win, but when that team is playing well, it's not that tough. I mean, excuse me, it is tough, but when they're losing, it's not that tough to go in and win. And right now they're not that good of a team and they're in and they look and they're losing at home. And the Saints fans are smart enough to know that. Um <clears throat> so the Vikings and Broncos, so Teddy Bridgewater, Peyton Manning, and uh, 
I'm, I, I am not going to disrespect Peyton Manning, by the way. <laughs> I will say that they need to give that man uh, a better resemblance of a rushing game, and I think that's on C.J. what, Anderson? And because he, he hasn't hit some of the holes that have been opened up for him, he's been pretty subpar. But he is, what, dealing with a nagging injury or, or such, if, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, I, I would like to see how he performs this week because I think they will need it against the Vikings. What do you think? Yeah, this is Go ahead. this is an interesting, interesting ball game because um, the Vikings have surprised me by being two and two and one after Week One when they kind of got whooped by uh, San Fran in all phases of the game. I thought it's going to be a rough year for the Vikings, and then they've turned it around and beat two pretty good teams with two pretty good quarterbacks. They beat uh, Matt Stafford and uh, Philip Rivers and beat them convincingly. So now I want to see them that both those games were at home. I want to see them go on the road into a tough environment in, in Denver, which. Even though Peyton Manning may be on a slight decline and they've got a new coach and some other things are going on, the Broncos have been a very difficult place to play at since Manning got there. Even before that year with Tebow, they were a very difficult place to play at. So uh, it's no it's no small task to get a win there. But with Adrian Peterson in the backfield, Bridgewater gaining confidence, and the offensive line for the Vikings opening up holes for AP, I think they can put themselves in a position to win in Denver. Um, but – you know me, I'm a big fan of that. That, that Y'all call him the old man, but I'm a huge fan of, of number 18 back there. And as long as he's in that shotgun, directing traffic, giving me that Omaha, Omaha, I don't see how anybody goes into Denver and gets a W. So I think it's going to be a very tough task for Teddy Bridgewater. It, it is. Um, the, go ahead, Carlos. Uh, I, what do you think? I agree with everything he just said. Um Tough place to go into Denver and play. And, and you saw them, I don't know if it was a shotgun or the pistol last week, but they're starting to get Peyton a little bit more comfortable, a little bit more where he's used to operating. And you saw his improved play um, last week. As he continues and they continue to find ways to be effective, him, him and, and, uh, and Gary Kuby, who I don't think much of, but as they find ways to, to be effective, they I mean, I, what I think what Kubiak has done is he's adjusted his game plan. He it's a still it's still the same game plan. You can see it, but instead of having Peyton under center, he's just put put him back what maybe four or five yards in the pistol, and the running back is still at that seven seven yard uh, seven yards in the backfield. So it's allowing him to be more comfortable. Still give him that that shotgun feel what he's used to and it's allowing him to make that those changes that so because I don't think he, he sees the field as well when he's under under center and I think that's why they struggle yep. a little bit. But I, I, I think that with all quarterbacks no quarterback is able to see the field as well when they're up under the center when that off defense line is right in their face. Yep, but I agree. That Broncos defense is going to make it tough for Teddy Bridgewater and and the uh, Vikings offense because they're first in pass defense and they have probably the best cornerback tandem in the NFL. You and no disrespect to Darrell Revis and uh, uh, Cromartie in New York, but Chris Harris Jr. and uh, uh, a I, you know what I don't even want to mess with the young man's name Akil Khalid. To, to uh, yeah, keep to keep to lead. Yep. Yes, um, they they met. They are shut down. They have two shutdown corners on that defense, and I don't know. I mean, and then when when, when you pair those shutdown corners with two edge rushers like Demarcus Ware and Von Miller, I mean that defense. They're an elite defense. They're top two or three in the league to me. And every game, as much as I love Peyton Manning, I have to give full credit to the defense because every game they've created some very key turnovers to help clinch victories or get victories. Game one, the exception at the goal line to clinch the victory. Game number two, they had the strip uh, strip return of uh, the scoop and score on Jamal Charles, of course, another um, fumble of him early in the game. And last game, they they got, what, three or four turnovers, a couple turnovers that they overturned. And, they still, I mean, that, that defense, to me, right now, is the best defense to create turnovers in the entire league. So they're definitely helping Peyton Manning um, this season. And I'm telling you what, you look right now, they're about the quietest 3-0 team in the league. Everybody's talking about the Packers and the Patriots, but the Denver Broncos are 3-0. and And I'm looking at my schedule looking forward. Late November, the Patriots go out to Denver. It wouldn't shock me at all if both teams are about 9-0 and at that point, and the winner of that game has a chance to go 16-0. and 
You know what? That's probably the game that's going to decide home field advantage in the in the AFC conference. That's that. I, mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it if it was. Um, it's been that game prior to that. Uh, and you know, you, you you made a very valid point. The page that excuse me, the Broncos do lead the NFL in turn and takeaway difference right now. They're number one, but the Vikings are good at it too. They're six. Yep. So. I guess we're it's to that time. It's time to make picks, make these picks known. So let's go back over last week's picks. How you feel about your picks, Brian? I know I messed up on my on my Dolphins. I'm 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 off that bandwagon, <laughs> y'all. I'm, I'm I'm leaving the Dolphins alone too, man. Yeah. The, the Dolphins are the Dolphins. Are, I don't know what to say. They they they're still the Dolphins. I guess. Yep. Yep. So, I guess Carlos having some technical difficulties, and it's just we, we'll finish up, right? We, we, we'll give our picks. You know, Carlos, we'll take Carlos and Eric off air, and we'll let you know who they pick. So we both got Zona, we both got Green Bay, we got Cincy. We were wrong with Miami. And you know what? You were right with going with Atlanta. You were the only person that went with Atlanta. So I, I, I give you that. And yeah. I think if we say we were starting over or are we, we continuing forward? Because if that's we, the case. Yeah, we said we go ahead and continue and do winning percentage at the end so we can include yeah. uh, Carlos. So, I mean, that, that puts me at 7-4 right now. I don't like that because when we give the college, I'm doing so well. <laughs> so well, and I don't, I don't like to lose. And sheesh, yeah, that puts you at nine and one, player. So that, hey, congratulations I'm, to you. I'm, I'm working on it. <laughs> I'm working on it. <laughs> Carlos, Carlos, he made a nice little comeback. He was, he went two and three the first week, but to go four and one this this past week, it's pretty good. That'll put him at six and four. And Eric, I don't know what to say about Eric, man. He's just doing bad in everything. Oh, so what's that? That that puts Eric at. Uh, you guys were talking about my greatness, my greatness last week. Eric's at that... six and four too. Yeah, we're talking about your greatness. If my four one week. Yeah, yeah, man. I'm, I'm I had a bad week. Because, you know, I, I decided to go with Dallas, and Dallas let me down. And so did Miami. But that's okay. So, I'm going to let the leader of the pack go first. Yeah. Brian, who you got with uh, – let's just go Raven Steelers. Yeah, I mean, I'll be quick about this one. I think that the the weapons on the Steelers being at home – and I, I like when, when teams – um, are going home after a big road win, even with the backup quarterback. I think that the Steelers have a lot of confidence right now. With Le'Veon Bell back, that offense is completely different. Uh, I think Michael Vick does not turn the ball over that much, and I think they get a close win in the divisional game against the Ravens. So I'm going with Steelers. Okay. Carlos? Carlos, who you got? Uh-oh. Maybe Carlos is having a little technical difficulties. Yep. I'll, I'll go. We'll get Carlos offline. That's no problem. So, you can give me this. I'm, I'm, you know what? Hey, Michael Vick scares me. I'm I'm going to be honest. He scares me. And I, and I do think he'll turn it over multiple times this game. And I, With – Having to install your backup quarterback so quickly and just getting him the reps and trying to get him ready to go, it usually takes a week, especially with the quarterback like Michael Vick. So I think the Ravens end up getting a a, a, a sneaky road win. It's it's time for them. I, I, yeah, they're they not that bad. They need it. So I'm going to go and, and I'm going with the Ravens. I'm going to have to go opposite you, Brian. So I'll go first. All right. So. Let's go Chiefs Bengals. Um, you know what? I'm going with the Bengals because the Chiefs are 
hurting right now as far as their secondary. Their secondary is good. I think Sean Smith comes back this week, or maybe he has one more game to sit out. Didn't he have four games? So I think that's what's hurting them on defense. With pairing him and Marcus Peters, who's played well, I mentioned mentioned last week, I think their defense will get better. But I just don't think they have enough to beat the Bengals. So uh, I'm going with the Bengals. Yeah, I tend to agree with you, and I'll, I'll just look at the other side of the ball with with the uh, the Chiefs. Even though that final score against the Packers was thirty eight to twenty eight, it was thirty one to seven when it really mattered. And and what I call Alex Smith is check down Charlie. I mean, he just refuses to take shots down the field. He refuses to take chances. And you cannot win football games by dumping it off the tight end and running back all game long. So I just don't think the Chiefs have enough firepower on offense. To get a win um, in Cincinnati, and I just, I, I like I said, you know me, I really like what uh, what Andy Dalton's doing and how he's developing. So I got the Bengals. Okay, I'm on. I, I mean, that makes sense. Stick with your team. Yep. Home team can't can't go against home team. So, Vikings Broncos. Do you think Teddy Bridgewater is ready to go into a? Hostile environment like Mile High Stadium against a quarterback on the caliber of Peyton Manning and win. I think he's capable of going in there and making some plays. And anytime you got Adrian Peterson in the backfield, uh, you're going to give yourself a chance. But uh, I think Peyton Manning is gaining confidence and gaining comfort in the new offense week by week. And it's still Peyton Manning, and he's still at home. And I mean, his home record, along with Brady, might be the best all time in the NFL. Um, so I'm, I'm going to take the Broncos at home. I just don't see any way the Vikings get a road win. I, I don't see it either. And you know what? I think this the the I wouldn't be surprised to see the Vikings get exposed with their rush defense again because it's about about time for that Broncos offense to be balanced, like truly balanced, and not mm-hmm. be Peyton Manning heavy. And C.J. Anderson needs to prove he's not a one hit wonder like I think Justin Forsett is. Yep. Um, so Giants Bills. I like what Rex Ryan it does with defenses. Don't know if he's the greatest at you know cultivating talent as far as overall within the team, especially offensively. But I, I don't think that's solely his responsibility. That's why you have additional coaches, and maybe his assistant coaching choices have been have, have been what's hindered him in the past. But he has made it to an AFC championship. And part of me feels like this Bills team is kind of like the, the early Jets teams that he had with Mark Sanchez. But Tyrod Taylor has had some, you know, experience there. So I, I say that to say I'm actually going with the Bills. I know their past defense sucks and the – Giants have some excellent wide receivers, and they still have Eli Manning. But I think Rex Ryan figures out a way to, uh, you know, slow that down. And and I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him get sacked a couple times, that being Eli. Yeah, I, something in this game makes me want to take the Giants because I think that Eli Manning is one of the most underrated uh, preparers in the game. I think he prepares very well. Um, he's been very efficient this year, no interceptions so far. And, and then with Victor Cruz possibly coming back, I really like that trio of uh, Victor Cruz along with Ruben Randall, of course, Odell Beckham. But all that being said, um, I'm with you on Rex Ryan. I think he's an elite defensive mind. And I think uh, Percy Harvin with Sammy Watkins possibly being back, Shady McCoy, Carlos Williams, and Tyrod Taylor playing the way he's playing. I just can't see the Giants going into that stadium and getting a win, especially with how exciting and excited that crowd is right now to have a solid team on their hands. So I think the Bills win. But I think it'll be closer than people think. I I I think it'll be close now, but I think it's going to be close because um, it's going to be a lot of scoring involved. So I wouldn't be surprised to see something along the lines of maybe a thirty-one twenty-eight or thirty-four thirty-one type of game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that brings us to the Cowboys Saints. I I just don't believe in the Saints team. With Drew Brees being hurt, I see no reason for that organization to try to rush him back. I know he's getting up in years, but they have nobody to replace him with as of right now. So there's no reason to rush him back. You might as well lose. Find your replacement. Let Drew Brees, you know, finish out his career and let that kid learn behind him. And 
go from there and be set yourself up better for the future. So I don't think he plays. And I think the Cowboys are ha- are playing not to lose because they understand the position that they're in and that they need to win when Tony Romo is out. So you said it, Brian, earlier that sticking to the plan, um, do you think that's what Jason Garrett will do with Brandon mm-hmm. Wheaton? And, and in that same um, sentiment, I do think, think they stick to the plan. And I, and I wouldn't be surprised to see Joseph Randall get about 25 carries up, up the amount of carries that he has. And even, um, and, uh, you know, full disclosure, I actually wrote the Cowboys down earlier today when I was uh, preparing for the show. But the more I thought about it, the more I thought about what it's like to be in that desperate situation. I've been on some football teams and some basketball teams where we've been desperate for a win, and you just play with a different intensity, a different mindset. This game is at New New Orleans, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Against my better judgment. Uh Uh-oh, you're going to do it. I'm going to go ahead and say that. The crowd gives them one last bit of energy, whether it's Drew Brees or Luke McCown. Mark Ingram running the football. Rob Ryan will dial up some defense, maybe finally, that actually plays halfway defense. And I think that in a very entertaining Sunday game, I think that uh, I think that Sunday night football game goes to the Saints. Some way, somehow, some of that old Superdome magic comes back. So I'm going to go with New Orleans. You know what? You're doing this against your better judgment right now. I, I Remember am. the old... <laughs> The old saying is your first choice is usually the right choice yep. and your best choice. <laughs> yep. I'm probably going to regret that one next week. Yeah, man. So I guess it's just me and you. We finished out the show, Brian. Sounds good. Oh, I, let the people know. I, we it, it, It's yet to be determined, but it should be a basketball podcast coming at you soon. Uh, Got to get with Brian and Tom. We figure out a time to get this recorded. And that'll be – I think that's going to be – very interesting, and uh, I want to leave the. I do want to leave the folks with one more thing. Um, kind of my one last thought this week is just uh, I was thinking back this week to this week uh, one year ago, and I was doing some reading and just thinking about what teams are good this year and what teams are kind of struggling. And I thought back what was happening this week a year ago. This was the this marks the one year anniversary that, that the Chiefs killed the Patriots in that Monday night football game. And everybody buried the Patriots this week a year ago and said they're done, Belichick's done, Brady's done. There were actually some crazy people saying Jimmy Garoppolo should actually be the starter in New England. And then four months later, Belichick and Brady were holding up their fourth Super Bowl. So that's kind of just my way of saying to the people, like myself even, that have written off teams like the Eagles and the Colts and the Seahawks, we might want to pump our brakes a little bit because we're only three games in. And I think those three teams in particular – still will have a lot to say come January. Um, so there will be something that people have written off right now that ends up making the playoffs and possibly makes a run. So we just need to kind of keep an eye on some teams that are 1-2 or 0-3 right now. You know what? Everybody's so reactionary, so yeah. that that's what happens. We, we, we become prisoners of the moment, yep. and it happens to the best of us. And it, it makes for great dialogue, but it's not always how things transpire. Um, so... We just moved to SoundCloud. I know we were putting this out a different way. So you'll see us, if you can like us, find us on SoundCloud, we'll we'll have this available to listen to there. Um, I don't have, this is, that's my one last thing, you know, letting you know that soon come uh, NBA podcast and NBA show. Uh, Tell a friend to tell a friend to like us. And I thank you for listening. Peace, everybody. Peace, Brian. Have a good one.